Today I want to talk to you about an unusual account in the story and the life of one in the Bible who was a very cherished character in the Bible, whose life went on to really be one that would reflect back on in many ways, and that's King David. But before David took the throne, before David actually came into power, he faced some difficulties. He faced a lot of difficulties because there was another king who didn't really like David and found out that he had been anointed king and made it his mission to pursue him and try to take his life. And so that was King Saul. And King Saul was full of jealousy and rage and spent his life pursuing after David, even unto his death, trying to captive, make him captive and get him in a trap. And the Bible tells us about this unusual journey that David is on. He's basically running for his life. He's running here and there and everywhere. And what's amazing about this story is that we get the kind of historical narrative about what's happening in David's life, but we also get David's inner thoughts and feelings about what is happening in some of the Psalms. And so we're going to read a little bit about this experience that David was going through while he was on the run. In 1 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1, the Bible tells us that while David was on the run, he left there and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all of his father's house heard of it, they went there to him. And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to them, and he became captain over them, and those who were with him numbered about 400. You know, if David's problems couldn't get any worse, his, he attracted all of these people who were in debt, discontented, and in distress, and immediately he became a captain over them. What type of army do you think David had under his control? It, it was started off kind of weak for David. But the Bible goes on to show us in Psalm 142, and this is where I want to read from you this, to you this morning as well, where David is in the cave. We know that this is a psalm while David is in the, this cave, or then he's been entrapped. And just listen to his prayer for a moment. He says, with my voice I cry to the Lord, and with my voice I make supplication to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. And when my spirit is faint, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Notice what David says here is that he was walking in this path and on his journey, there's a trap for him. And that was surely how Saul was operating. He was trying to catch him in a trap many times, but God spared him over and over again. Then he goes on to say in verse 4, and just remember the people that are gathered with him in the cave. They're distressed, they're in debt, and they're discontented. And he says, look on my right hand and see, there is no one who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for me. Listen to that type of despair in David's prayer. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Give heed to my cry, for I am brought very low. Save me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. This morning I want to talk to you trapped, but there's a way out. 
Isn't this amazing here what happens in David's life is that he is on the run and now he's trapped in a cave. And he's not just trapped in a cave, but he's trapped with some miserable company. Don't you think people who are in debt and discontented and distressed, that they're probably not going to be much of an encouragement to David in his present situation. So here he is in this cave crying out to the Lord, God, I'm trapped. I'm stuck. No one cares. No one sees me. I'm stuck here in this place. David's situation led him to feeling like he was trapped. And even later on in Psalm 142, he said it felt like a prison. Bring me out of prison. Bring me out of this place where I'm stuck, where I can't get out of. And here is David's cry to the Lord. We're going to see here in Psalm 142, and we'll reference back in a little while. But we see David's cry and plea, God, deliver me from this trap. Have you ever felt trapped before? The type of trap that comes when maybe you're trying to overcome something in your life. Or maybe you're trying to overcome this sin in your life, but it keeps making you feel like you're trapped. Maybe it's this habit in your life that you can't seem to break. Maybe it's this emotion in your life that just seems to overtake you over and over again, and you feel trapped. This was certainly the way David felt, and certainly the way David would feel many times after this over and over again. And many times you can read throughout the rest of 1 Samuel, that he was trapped, but God always made a way out. God spared his life over and over again. Just when Saul was right on his corner, he made a way out. And this morning, I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about how God, how sometimes in our lives, sin can leave us feeling trapped, but how God makes a way out, and it's called freedom. Freedom. You know, freedom is something we talk a lot about a lot in our, in our country and in our world in reference to rights and the way we are as human individuals. But today I want you to look at freedom in light of a biblical sense and what God calls freedom. What does the Bible say about being free? Galatians 5.1 tells us that Jesus came for freedom Christ has set us free. For freedom, God came to set us free for freedom. But what does that mean to be free? What does it mean to be free in Jesus? What does it mean to actually have a life that is set free from the bonds of sin and to live at liberty in Jesus? What does freedom mean? Jesus' ministry was intended to bring about freedom. As he would do many times, as he walked into the temple, Jesus, he would pick up the scroll of Isaiah and he would quote a scripture there. Once again, referencing himself in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18, he says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free. Now, you'll notice in Jesus' ministry that he wasn't actually opening physical prison doors. But the doors that he was opening were bonds of sin upon the lives of people who were stuck over and over again in the, in the, bounded, the bondage of sin. And here in this verse, he proclaims that he came to proclaim release to the captives and to let the oppressed go free. 
You know, Jesus intended you and I to live free. Jesus intended for you and I to not live under the dominion of sin, but for sin to live under the dominion of us. God gave us the victory through his blood on the cross and his resurrection power to overcome the stronghold of sin. And that is exactly what sin is. And we're going to talk about it very frankly today. That sin is strangling. It takes your life. It's bondage. It's like wearing a yoke of chains upon your life. There is no liberty in a life of sin. As the Bible tells us that sin is pleasurable for a season. It's only a season. But when you get to the end of that season, you realize it can't go on any longer. It takes your breath. It keeps you under. It keeps you bound over and over again. But Jesus came to release his children from the bondage of sin and as he told them, to give them life and life more abundantly. Do you know that abundant life in Jesus Christ, abundant life in Jesus Christ is freedom. Freedom to live not under the bonds of sin, to not live bound by some habit or by bound by some terrible thing with inside of you, but living free in Jesus Christ. He came to release the captives and to let the oppressed go free. At the heart of God the Father was God who saw his children on the earth who had come under the bondage of sin. So immediately he made a way out and promised to send the Messiah, his son, so that his children would not have to live oppressed any longer but could live free once again like he originally intended. God's whole design and purpose for you and I was to not be bound by sin, but to live in liberty in Jesus. Romans 6 reminds us that before Christ came, before Jesus gave his life upon a cross, you and I were under the dominion of sin. We were slaves to sin. Always being mastered by sin. Sin was in control of our lives. Sin was directing the paths of our lives. Paul told the church in Romans, he says, Don't present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law but under grace. Apparently there was a problem in the church of Romans and as there was in many of the churches that Paul addressed. We see it in Corinth, we see it in Galatia and a couple others as well. That when Paul was talking to the believers, he was trying to tell them about their former life. And he says, you were once a slave to sin. But as believers in Jesus Christ, that's not the case anymore. But for some reason, the believers kept falling in this pattern where they gave their lives over to sin again. And Paul was trying to show them that is not how God intended you to live. God intended you to live under his dominion, not under the dominion of sin again. So he told them, sin will have no dominion under you, over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. Let's talk about sin for a moment. You know, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 7, when talking about Cain and his problem in the garden, he says, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. 
And that's true of all of us here today, and nobody's exempt from this. There are no super Christians in here this morning. There is not one, not one person. All of us here today, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you and I. Its desire is to overtake our lives and to bring us under, sin, under its control. But, Jesus, but the Word of God tells us here that we must master it. So what does that mean? Let's talk about freedom in Christ. Freedom in Christ means that you are no longer a subject of sin, but you now belong to God and live in continual surrender to Him. Freedom in Christ means you're no longer a subject of sin. I don't care what the enemy has put in your ear. You're no longer a subject of sin. God hasn't called you to live free in Him just to be bound by some bad thing, by some bad habit, by, by some, some sin in your life. God hasn't set you free to come back under the yoke of sin once again. No, you now belong to God, and you and I are called to live in continual surrender. Christ didn't intend for us to become subject to sin again. The Bible says that you are free indeed. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. It's a matter of fact statement. It's a matter of fact statement in the way that he says it. That if the Son, if Jesus makes you free, you are free indeed. Meaning that if you are in Jesus... There isn't a question whose dominion you're under. It's a matter-of-fact statement that if you're living under the continual surrender to Jesus is that your life is free in Jesus and sin is behind you. It's your old life and God hasn't called us to live captive any longer to sin. For freedom, Christ has set us free. It's like feeling like David once again. We'll go back to David for a moment in the cave. It's like feeling trapped. It's like feeling like you don't know how to get out. And sometimes it happens in the life of every believer. There are moments when sin is lurking at the door and somehow it slips right in. And we become captive to it. We become captive to the bad patterns and habits of sin or whatever it may be. Sin is sin, and I'm not going to go through and explain every sin. You know the sin in your life, and you, I know the sin in my life, and we have to take time to confess and repent before the Lord. But notice how here, once again, what David did when he was wrestling through feeling trapped, which can help us understand a little bit about freedom in Jesus this morning. In Psalm 142, he began to go to the Lord in prayer. When, when David was feeling trapped, notice his response. He cried to the Lord. He made his admission to Jesus. He made his call to God. With my voice, I cry to the Lord. With my voice, I make supplication to the Lord. If you are feeling trapped, the way out is dependency upon the Lord. The way out is understanding, as David goes on to say, when my spirit is faint... You know my way. The way out of being trapped is knowing that only God can set us free. It doesn't matter how hard you try and how hard I try. The only way out is through Jesus Christ. He is the one who sets us free. It doesn't matter if I fight, if I do this, if I do that. Only God can do it. 
Only God has the power to conquer sin. That's exactly why he resurrected from the dead, to show us that it is subject to Jesus. So the only way out is for you and I to call to the one who has conquered it all and trust in him to deliver us and set us free. If you're feeling trapped, you have to pray like David. When my spirit is faint, you know my way. God, I can't do it, but you sure can. He goes on to admit how he was feeling. I feel trapped. I feel lonely. I feel stuck here. And, but then he acknowledges once again. It, well, he started with an admission of weakness, and then he goes to an admission of power. God, I can't do it, but you can. And then he says, I cry to you, O Lord. You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. David went from an admission of weakness to an admission of power, noting that God had what it took to deliver him and to set him free. That when he was feeling trapped, he realized the only way out is through Jesus Christ. The only way out is through God to deliver us. This is what Paul went on to tell the church in Romans. In Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. All of us here today must come to a conclusion and realization that the wages of sin is death. The result of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. The only way is through Jesus. The only way out is through God's power. And it comes by an admission of weakness and then an admission of power to realize that I am depraved. I am stuck here. But only God can open up a way out. David goes on to pray and cry and he says, My persecutors, they are too strong for me. And this is important today. When you're feeling trapped, one of the hardest things about feeling trapped and the reason most of us feel trapped under the weight of sin is because we realize that it's too big. We realize that we have tried over and over and over again to conquer it and there's no way out. Listen, if it was that easy, the Son of God would have never had to come and die on the cross. If it was that easy, what was the point of Jesus coming and giving his life and raising from the dead? No, it comes from realizing that when sin has its reign over us, it's too strong for us. We're depraved. We're fallen humans, all of us here today, and the way out is Jesus. So David prays, bring me out of prison so that I may give thanks to your name. This is what Paul tells the church in Romans chapter 6. I encourage you to read that whole chapter sometime. Is that Paul was telling them is that you were once enslaved to sin, but now you are under the dominion of righteousness. It's a paradox, really, that you were once under the dominion of sin, but now you're under the dominion of righteousness. But under the dominion of righteousness is freedom. Is Jesus is Lord, there is freedom in that place. So David prays, bring me out of this prison so that I may give thanks to your name. The way that God intended it for me was that when we come out of sin is that our lives give glory to God. Notice that David didn't say, bring me out of prison so that I may be happy, although God gives us that in our lives. Bring me out of prison so that I may have everything I need in my life. No, he said, bring me out of prison so that I may give thanks to your name. David realized that his purpose and his identity as a person who was once trapped and God is calling you and I today is to now live for the glory and wonder of God. Our lives bring him praise. When we live under the dominion of righteousness and under 
under the dominion of Jesus as Lord, it gives glory to God. It honors Him. It pleases Him because it testifies with God's righteousness. When you and I live a life of righteousness, it speaks of God's righteousness. It speaks of His goodness and His faithfulness on the earth. And when you and I live a life that says, I was once bound to sin, but now I'm bound to Jesus as Lord, it proclaims to all the world, that Jesus is freedom and in Him is the only way that anyone could ever be free because sin's dominion over us will bring about death. Bring me out of prison so that I may give thanks to your name. God gets the glory. He focused on living a life to give God to glory. So let's, let's talk as we look here today about sin. A couple things about sin this morning. We read earlier how the Bible tells us in chapter, Romans chapter 6, for sin will have no dominion over you. In Romans chapter 4, or Genesis chapter 4, but you must master it. It teaches us something about the principle of sin. is that you and I are called to master sin, to overcome sin. 2 Peter chapter 2 says that Peter was talking about those who had come along, false teachers, and they were promising freedom. Every person that was coming through and speaking about whatever it was, they were promising freedom. But Peter said, but they themselves are slaves of corruption, for people are bound to whatever masters them. Think about that in your own life today. What masters you in your life? What determines your course of life? If you can answer that question, it will tell you about who is in control in your life. What masters your decisions? What masters the way that you go about life? What determines the course and the direction of the way you and I go will say who's in control in our lives. If we go about a way that leads to life and follows God's will and honors Him and speaks of His glory, then obviously it speaks that Jesus is Lord of our life. But if we constantly live a life that is in opposition and opposing to God's Word, and everything that is good about Jesus, then it shows us that maybe Jesus is not the master of our lives. He's not the Lord of our lives anymore. Sin is lurking at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must master it. Secondly, we have to overcome sin. And secondly, Jesus in God's word promises a way out. Remember this morning we talked, it's trapped but there's a way out. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 says this, No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful. This morning, I hope all of us today will get it down in our hearts when we're talking about the struggle of sin. And let's just be real this morning. It's difficult. It's hard. It's challenging. And that's part of the problem is is we have to come to the realization that it is difficult, it is challenging, and I can't do it. But God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful enough that He did not intend you and I to live bound by sin. God is faithful enough that when He looks at you, us today, 
He wants to see us made for his glory, made in his image, reflecting his goodness on the earth. And God doesn't want to look at us bound by sin, captive by its power anymore. But he wants to see us living free through his son, Jesus. So God is faithful. Never forget that today, whatever struggle, whatever way you may feel trapped, lonely, isolated by the effect of sin, I want to tell you today that God's word is true. God is faithful. I don't care what mountain it is that looks like you can't overcome it. God is faithful. So the word of God promises us today, God is faithful and he will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, he will also provide the way out so that you may be able to endure it. God's made a way out. God's made a way out of sin. God's made a way out of bad habits over habitual practices in our lives, over emotions that are overtaking us and overriding us, anger, jealousy, rage, whatever it may be. God has made a way out. And it's only through Jesus today. There's only liberty in Jesus. There's only freedom in Jesus. He has made a way out. Remember this morning, freedom in Christ means that you are no longer a subject of sin, but now you belong to God and you must live in continual surrender to Him. The hardest part of the Christian life, I might say, is living in continual surrender. It's daily examining my life and saying, God, my life is not my own. I give it all to you today as we sang again this morning. I give myself away. How is it that there are believers who've been believers for four years but they're singing once again I give myself away because that's the nature of the Christian life you must live in continual surrender you must continually let go of the reins of your life and say but God you can help me overcome you are more than enough you can make a way out it's continually trusting that God is faithful trapped but there's a way out isn't it just like the enemy that when you're feeling trapped, when you're feeling stuck and you feel like you can't go on, to just rub it in a little bit more and say, well, I guess you have to live here. I guess you have to get comfortable here. I guess you have to just find a place in this dark, cold cave and stay here, David. No, but David knew what to do. With my voice, I cry to the Lord. With my voice, I make supplication to the Lord because all around me, there's people who's discontent. They're in debt. They're distressed. But God, you're not. You're able to make a way out. And God always is faithful to do just that today. Will the musicians come? I want to remind you today, this morning, every believer here this morning today, every Christian here today, and maybe you're not a Christian today, I want to tell you about the joy of living as a Christian. The joy of living as a Christian is I can't always promise that it will be easy. But I can tell you what the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. I don't know about you, but there's something about buying something new that is joyful and exciting. Nobody likes old food. Nobody likes old things. We want the new. We want the good. It, re it reminds us of a sense that it is not like the way it used to be. It is completely new, transformed, different. So if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. 
and all things are become new. I tell you, the greatest joy of Christian living is knowing that when I wake up every day, I can look in the mirror and say, I'm not who I used to be, but God has transformed my life. I'm changed. I'm transformed. I've been made different by the blood of Jesus. Not because of me. That's the greatest part about of it is I look in the mirror and I say, but it wasn't because of me, but it was because of Jesus. And I can rejoice today to know that when I feel trapped, there's a way out in his name is Jesus. I want to leave you with this this morning. Jesus was going about his ministry on the streets of Jerusalem, doing what he did best, doing what he was just so wonderful to do. Reminded, remember what he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's called me to preach the good news to the poor. He's called me to set free the captive. And so here was Jesus on the Sabbath. Here was a woman who had been crippled by whatever, an illness in her life. The Bible says for 18 years, there she was bound, bent over, one was unable to stand up straight. And Jesus saw her. Jesus noticed her. And I want you to see God's heart in this and see the imagery of the story. Is here is a woman who has been crippled by whatever it might have been, arthritis, the sickness. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. We just know for 18 years she's been stuck like that. But Jesus saw her like that. And notice God's heart in this is that when Jesus saw her, he says, woman, you're set free from your ailment. And the imagery is ironic because here is a woman who's been bound almost like she has had physical chains laid over her life and the Bible says that she stood up straight and what an image of the Christian life is that when we are bound to sin it distorts our perspective it changes everything all we can see is nothing but down all we can see is nothing but negative pessimism I'm stuck here but only Jesus changes that perspective. Only Jesus sets us free. But J Jesus spoke to her and says, you are set free. Later on, the leaders of the synagogue complained, as they always did, about doing a miracle on the Sabbath. But Jesus responded and said to them that this woman, Satan, had bound her for 18 long years and that she ought to be set free. You know the heart of God? The heart of God this morning knows that Satan has no other desire but to bind every person up in this room, to keep us bound, to keep us from living as God intended us to live. But you know what Jesus advocates for? And what Jesus longs for is freedom, to set free, to bring hope again. And it's the wonderful good news of the gospel is that God's desire for you is to live free from sin and complete surrender to him and knowing, oh, that God can make us free. He can make a way out. Woman, you're set free from your ailment, Jesus said. And he would even go on to stand before the leader of those synagogues and say, Satan bound her, but she ought to be set free. 
And that's Jesus' prayer every day for you and I. As his Bible is telling us in Romans chapter 8, he's forever making intercession for the saints. As he prayed in John 17, I pray, deliver them from the evil one. Oh, Satan would love to keep us bound, but God is pleading for our freedom, for our liberty from the effects of sin. Will you stand today? Will you close your eyes with me this morning? You're feeling trapped this morning like David in a cave, lonely. Lord, where I'm walking, they've hidden a trap for me, David said. But there's a way out. Believer, can I petition with you this morning? Don't live under the dominion of sin anymore. Don't go back there. Live under the Lordship of Jesus. Oh, it's free. It's releasing. It's liberty. And God desires that for you this morning. This morning, if that's you today, and you need the Lord in your life today, you're feeling trapped, whatever it may be. Oh, there's a multitude of things it could be. That doesn't really matter. What matters is, is that you and I realize only Jesus can make a way out. He has made a way out if you'll trust him today and call upon his name. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Lord, today we call to you this morning. We're trapped. We're feeling lonely, isolated, afraid, in a dark and cold place. But God, this morning I'm reminded that there is freedom in Jesus today. Lord, I thank you today that the Spirit of the Lord was upon you to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to let the oppressed go free. Oh God, I pray this morning, would you come today and release us today from the captivity of sin? If someone here today is living bound by sin, I pray today, God, you would give them freedom this morning to live in continual surrender to you, to glorify you with their lives, Lord. Father, we call upon you this morning. We need you today, Jesus. We need your help this morning. Set us free. Give us liberty today, Lord, for our souls. This morning, if that's you today and you want prayer, you want to come and give Jesus your life today, Confess Him as Lord, the Bible says. Believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. And confess Him as Lord, the Bible says. Then you'll be saved. Maybe you're stuck in a difficult place and you need help praying like David did, making supplication to the Lord. Will you just come to the front this morning? Let us pray with you today. There's no shame in that. Just come this morning. We want to pray with you this morning. You're feeling trapped. Oh, there's a way out today. Maybe you want to kneel right where you're at. You can do that today. Let's come this morning. Repent of our sins and live in the freedom Jesus has intended for us all. The so choir sings this morning. Let's come today and pray.